Hello and welcome to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser, a podcast for your school library, public library, whatever. My name is Lucas Maxwell and I'm the host of this uh, podcast. It's only 20 minutes or so long uh, and I just try to do things that uh, talk about things that have worked or things that don't work in the library with the occasional interview of authors and other people. So hopefully this is something you find interesting and helpful. Today I'm going to talk about something that has been really popular with our students and I've been doing them in library lessons so I'm really lucky that English comes in, English department comes in once every two weeks with year 7, 8 and 9, uh, that's ages 11 to 13 for a one hour lesson class and they let me lead those, plan them really do what I want with them as long as it's of course reading for pleasure and you know I try to tie it to the English curriculum and things like that uh, for instance as a little bit of a side note they're doing year sevens are doing gothic uh, writing and, and workshops and things like not workshops but gothic you know studying gothic literature reading about gothic literature and we're very fortunate to have um, Alex Fawkes who wrote the amazing rules for vampire series come to the uh, library to do a gothic writing workshop so you should book her in it's uh, a-l-e-x and then f-o-u-l-k-e-s you can just google her and her website will come up and she's been to the school before and delivered an absolutely amazing visit and i would recommend her to all schools so please uh check that out um so i try to do things like that we're very lucky that we can do things like this so um I was thinking about what could I do with year sevens, so the eleven-year-olds and year eights, the twelve-year-olds, the year nines. They're all reading um, the same book. They're reading *The Crossing* by Manjeet Mann, and that is an amazing book. Uh, we read books in verse and then discuss them. Have quite you know different things about how to do different activities around them, and just try to get them engaged in reading really uh, reading aloud which is really popular not popular, really effective and important so we read long way down together first read september now we're all reading the crossing uh we might go into moonrise by sarah cross and i might choose a different one uh we do books in verse because we get through them and usually they are uh really uh, popular and you get a sense of achievement getting through these books there are some students who won't read an entire book all year uh, as you know so I think it's just an opportunity to have them engage with these books as a group and talk about them and uh, read them together, just a book for fun. So that's it. That's how that works. Uh, so what I was doing with year seven and eights, I decided to do a uh, zine making workshop. So if you're unsure what a zine is, and sorry if you already know and you feel like this is redundant, um, it's just short for magazine. And it's really simple, fun, and easy, but it's been really, really popular. I talked about our comic book club, and it kind of ties into that. I did the one, so I have a comic book club every Thursday at lunch, and it's hugely popular. And one day I just uh, remembered about making zines. <laughs> um, I just put the paper out there pre-made, and I'll explain how I do that in a minute. It's very simple. It takes a little time, but it's very simple. And I had them pre-made and just said, make a zine. I explained what they could do, and it was 
popular, so I thought oh, I should do this at every library lesson. So I pre-make the zines, and my colleague in the library pre-makes the zines as well if I'm too busy. <laughs> um, but that helps a lot. I, I wouldn't recommend getting them to make them. You can if you have time, but what you'll find is that you will be going around doing it a million times, and it may not be something you uh, have time to do, um, and it can cause a little bit of frustration. So I just pre-make them. Uh, you could just get them to do if you had an older group. I did this in the public library in Canada with an older with older kids, and it was really popular. And that's kind of what prompted me to do it. There was an actual zine workshop place in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, where I, where I was working. And it was like an old um, build, like an old barn that had been converted, and they, they did, like, screen printing in there. It was like a little zine library. And it was really cool. And I just went over there and just, you know, checked out all the stuff. And uh, I'll explain how what it, what, it, what it is in a minute if you're unsure. Um, but to make a zine is really simple. I can put the link to the instructions uh, on the blog, on the podcast kind of site. Uh, you take an A4 piece of paper or 8 by 10 or whatever you're using, regular piece of paper, uh, and you fold it once, uh, twice, and then three times over. Or maybe four times. You just fold it over until it's <laughs> um, like a little booklet. And then you unfold it, and you cut it halfway down the middle. Again, the instructions are... You just need it in eighths, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, it's impossible to describe it over audio, so you'll need to um, you'll need to see it. <laughs> but once you see it, it'll make sense. Uh, you don't need to do this way. You can simply fold it into a booklet, uh, which you can do easily. But uh, if you fold it and then cut it, it will, and then press it together, it'll create like a little eight-page booklet. Uh, again, the link will show you that. And I have to do that. Um, I'm doing it for almost 600 students, so it's a lot. But, you know, this is the way it goes. you got a year seven and eight, have a lot of kids, a lot of students in them, nearly 600, I think. Um and so that's that's what we've done. And I kind of give them a little history, not history, but sort of a history of zines. I'm not an expert on them, but I really uh, enjoy them, and I think they're cool. So in my mind, zines were popular when, like, punk bands <laughs> here in the U.K. and the U.S. were trying to get known or just tell their fans. And you could sign up for them. like little. They were almost like little newsletters, but... Zines also circulated to uh, highlight like when when bands were like underground bands were like uh, we're going to perform and what was going on. But zines can be on anything you want, and that's I think what's pretty cool about them uh, is that the zines can be anything, but also that can be a little overwhelming. So I talked to them about pre-internet world, how these things would circulate around. And people made them into like an art form. And I said, you should try to think of it as an art form. You should try to think of it as something that is going to be fun. Uh, and I said, I fully understand if someone just hands you a piece of paper and says, oh, do the, create whatever you want. There's no limit. Um, that can be overwhelming. I think it would be overwhelming for me. So I give them kind of not ideas to use, but hints, if that makes sense. So I tell them, look, there are many different things you can do them on, but there should be something that you're really passionate about. 
and interested in. Maybe you're in a club that at school that uh, you really love to do, you love enjoying, uh, you love to take part in. Maybe there's an activity outside of school you really like to do. Maybe you consider yourself a bit of an expert on a topic and you would like to give them a step-by-step guide on how to do it. And so they give them an, I give examples. And often I find the kids that are really stuck will use one of my examples, which uh, isn't exactly what I want, to be honest, but um, I... You know, I'm not going to complain if they're they're doing something. Maybe they really did want to do that, but I have got a lot of the ones uh, of zines sent in that are of the example that I've provided, <laughs> and I, it makes sense because maybe they're sitting there going, "I don't have a clue what I should do it on." My goal is that I get a wide variety of different ones, and then this is what I tell them. Hopefully, this will happen. I want to put them in the library as like a borrowable item. And it'll take a long time, but we'll get there. And I want to put them in like a little box, uh, a folder box or something, um, or even a binder maybe, uh, that can be borrowed or at least engaged within the library in some way, maybe in the comic book section. I might do a display. And I think it'll be really cool for them to see their peers work. I will get permission. I don't. Have, they're not putting their names on them at the moment, but I'm gonna get just make sure that they're all happy with uh, the you know having their zines out there. So, what are the examples? I say these are things that the teens did when I used to work in the public library, and these are some of the other ones that some other students have done. Is it just like to get you an idea? Because some of them, some of the club groups, I sit there and I can tell that they're unsure what to do or how to start. Um, one student has done. Uh, how to survive a zombie apocalypse step by step the weapons you need the supplies you need how to kill a zombie on and on and on uh, I said if that's not your thing another student has done how to uh, make the best waffles in the world step by step we have had other ones like that I said you could turn these all into recipe books if that is something you enjoy doing if you consider yourself really good at it or something you love to do you could turn it into a recipe book. So I said some students have done um, who love gymnastics. One student did how to do a handstand. And it was simple, like stretch, you know, <laughs> all these different steps. And they they drew somebody doing a handstand, colored it in. Um, and I said it doesn't have to be a step-by-step guide. One student did my favorite, my top ten favorite bands, and it was a little um, parentheses underneath before the year 2000. And I was delighted to open it up and see Black Sabbath and ACDC bands that I grew up with. And they had drawn the logos that they tried to remember the logos and they drew them and colored them in. And that was it. And I tell them, like, there's no, they don't have to have a reason for this. This is the thing with kids in schools, um, and it's just the way school is. There's a rigidity to it, and they feel like they need to obviously explain their answers. And for, you know, some, it's good good practice to do that to show your work and explain yourself and this and that. Um, but I, I keep telling them there's no right or wrong here, and that's the issue. They think what they're going to do is wrong. And I had this example before where I used to, I did this program where um, 
they were walking around. I had mu- it was like musical chairs with no elimination. Nobody got eliminated. I played music. They walked around in chairs. On each chair, next to each chair was a in front of each chair on the table was a book. When the music stopped, they sat down and they read for five minutes. Okay, and then they got up and did it again. And the music played. And then the music stopped. Okay, and on and on till we had like four books done, and they gave their opinions of them. And one of the questions, I gave them a sheet with some questions, and it was just to get their opinion of the books. And it was like first impressions. They, you know, It's not my idea. I stole it from somebody. I forget who. And one of the questions was, what is the genre of the book that you have read? And so many students, you know, dozens of students were putting up their hands throughout the week, you know, library lessons holding the book up what's the genre of the book and I was kind of getting annoyed eventually like just I said you work it out you can you take a look read the blurb I want your opinion and one of the teachers kind of took me aside and said they're not doing it to be lazy or whatever um, they're doing it because they're afraid to give you a wrong answer and then I, I know it's like a light bulb for me I was like oh that was many years ago when I first started doing it I was like oh yeah so then I would um I think I either scrapped that question. I haven't done that program in a long time, and that's reminded me I should do it. I think I scrapped that program, not that program, but that question, or I put a disclaimer at the top. It's like, there's no right or wrong answers here, and I always try to do that, and that's what I'm doing with zines. I think that's the issue, that some of them think that they're going to do a wrong one. I say, I'm not marking these. I'm not marking your grammar. I'm not marking your spelling. And I think the freedom to that, it goes back to what I talked about. I just recorded a bunch of videos for Dungeons and Dragons for um, a conference, and um, the students who will claim they hate reading but come in and read these D and D books every day and write these backstories. They love writing the backstories for their characters, you know, where their characters are from. I'm not standing over them correcting grammar, correcting punctuation. It's like this free-form writing, and they're developing these characters that they love. I'm not going to ruin that with that. They can work that out later. Um, of course, it's important to spell correctly and this and that, but I'm not going to do that in that situation. I'm not going to do it with zines either. It may help them if they ask questions, but I'm not going to stand over them and correct them. And I tell them that this that <clears throat> there's no right or wrong thing here. Um you can do whatever you want. And we've had students do, one student just did my top five favorite types of cats. One student did um, uh, my, uh, how to draw a dog, how to draw a bird. There was, there's been all kinds. One student has simply done um, how to doodle. And it was just like how to get good at doodling on the paper. Um, one student is like how to fall asleep at night because she struggled and uh, it made me feel sad. But I think there's so many things going on. And it was cool things, like important things like put your phone down, turn your phone off, turn your TV off, turn your video game. It was all this stuff. It was all, it was all about turning off electronics. Really, really you know, uh, good stuff that they know they should do, but maybe maybe some don't do. And I'm, you know, as an adult, I'm, I'm guilty of it. But uh, that uh, it was interesting. Um. What else have we had? We've had some real amazing ones. Oh, one, uh, you'll get some loophole ones. So one students do like riddles, jokes. I did have a student do the top five brands of invisible ink and just hand it in a blank piece of paper, which I applaud. 
Um, I applaud his uh, ingenuity, I guess. Um, but I did make him. Um, uh, what did I, I did make him write it out. Uh, <laughs> I did make him think of the brand names. That's what I made him think of. What are the brand names of these invisible ink? Um, I think that's funny. I think that's like a joke. It's like an Andy Kaufman joke. So I wanted him. I wanted him to know that I <laughs> I liked the joke, um, even though he was a bit of laziness. Um, I wanted the brands, and I thought it, I told him it's funnier if you've got the title and then the brand names. Maybe not the brand names, but maybe just the title. And come up with the brand names and tell me, and just have the top five invisible ink brands, and then just a blank paper. I think that's funny. Um, yeah, it's like a it's like a little mini, um, you know, uh, performance art. <laughs> I don't know if it is, but to me, it's like Kaufman esque. Um, uh, I'm old. Uh, I liked Andy Kaufman. I thought he was. A genius, but um, anyway, um, <laughs> the I give them two library lessons to do this. So that's two hours, but not the full lesson. So we do so really, it's about an hour because I do half the lesson. We do reading. There are quite a few students who need more time, so you might need an hour and a half to do this. You could do it as an after-school program. I'm gonna, I might do it as part of my Comic Con, which I've talked about. Um, making the zines is the biggest time. And, of course, cataloging them will be interesting. I'm going to try to work out how to do that, how I should do that. But uh, um, I try I try to reiterate. Um, I show them different book covers. You know, I'm not saying I, know I sell them. You know, I'm not expecting you to be. These are professional artists who are doing this. Um, you're not expected to be this, but um, make it as colorful. Explain your topic as much as you can. And um, I have these amazing books on how to draw, how to draw manga, how to draw comic book villains, heroes, cars, weapons, things like that. Um, and I, so that's a great opportunity to highlight this nonfiction part, the part of our nonfiction section. And I have all those out. And the students go and grab those books and are looking how to draw stuff. Because I said, and I, I talk about like, I am a horrible drawer, but I can, I could illustrate if I look at something, I could, you know, if I go step by step, I could do it. Um, and we again, we've had these amazing, uh, you know. Of course, there's tons of like the best foot, the best soccer players, the best football players, um, the best. Uh, uh, one one student did how uh, how to play basketball, and it was like how to avoid dribbling, double dribbling. Sorry, dribbling. Uh, I played basketball for like ten years, and I forgot that. Um, how to avoid traveling? How to how to avoid fouling somebody? And how to shoot the perfect shot. And it was little drawings and illustrations with arrows and <laughs> measurements and diagrams. It was it was like a technical thing. It was um, really cool. So there's a lot of guides and there's a lot of things. It was like, here are my favorite things to do. And it was just lists of them. Um, I tell them, you know, I would do one on like Dungeons and Dragons if I had to do one. Uh, and I do do them. I, and what's really great is that the teachers have been and the TAs who've been in have been taking part and have been um, making their own as well. And I've been encouraging that. And, it's, and I've been making some, but it's I'm usually walking around because I'm really actually um, genuinely excited to see what they've made. <laughs> and, and then I keep them together in their class list, uh, class groups. 
and a lot of them want to take them home to finish. That's a big, another big thing. They will want to take them home to finish. Um, and that's fine with me. I said, please try to remember to bring it back for a library lesson. And if they done it, some haven't done for the next one, and I just give them a new one to work on. I said, I'll bring it back, and I've made two. You know, it's not again. It's not homework. They're not going to get in trouble for not handing it in. But um, I think having a display of student work, and they'll see their own. They walk around this library seeing display after display, shelf after shelf of published books. There might be a lot of kids wandering around going, I wish I could be a published author one day. And here we go. We have a, um, a shelf and, a, lit and, a, and a, a display full of work of their own. I think that would be pretty cool. Again, it would be something that I would love to have seen as a kid. Um, I would have made one on D&D as a kid. I would have done one on conspiracy theories which I was obsessed with as a kid um, the good like the good ones uh, not the uh, uh, not the ones that are destroying our world at the moment um, but um, you know uh, what what the ones like uh, did aliens create the Easter Island heads you know stuff like that um, yeah, did aliens build the pyramids you know I was obsessed with aliens Bigfoot conspiracy cryptozoology I would have done it <laughs> Um, I talk about this stuff. I have these Bigfoot books. I have these books on UFOs and stuff. I love them. Uh, I have a book on the Mary Celeste. I would have done one on that. That ghost ship that was found. Um, absolutely would have been obsessed with those and would have made a zine on those. And to see my zine being borrowed by other kids, that would have been amazing. I think it will be a huge thing. I think it would have been – I think it will make a big impact on some kids. So – um, I'm trying to think if I'm uh, forgetting anything else. I don't think so. That's my plan is to simply have close to 600 zines in this library um, and to have just a checkout list. I probably won't stamp them because the stamp will be bigger than the booklet itself. Um, it would look cool, though, with a bunch of stamps all over it to say, like, yeah, mine has, like, three boros, four boros. Um, but I'll work on that. <laughs> um, that's the That's the thing. That's what I'm hoping to do. So um, in the future, I'll keep you posted on how they do. And if we do any more, I would like to do them with the older kids as well. And I think I'd like to do like a zine-making workshop, older kids teaching the younger ones. Um, that's another thing I'm really passionate about this year is to get the older students kind of working with the younger students on various projects. We're doing some how to avoid like misinformation, disinformation, um, how to you know spot it and things like that, and I'm getting older students to do things on that. I'm going to do a podcast about that soon. So keep your ears uh, peeled for that, and I hope you get to try some zines in the library. Uh, that will be it for me today. Hopefully that was short enough, and hopefully that was interesting. So um, uh, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. <laughs>